Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Yeah. <laughs> 
join me in today's psalm, beloved Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. He revives my soul and guides me along right pathways for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You spread a table before me in the presence of those who trouble me. You have anointed my head with oil, and my cup is running over. Surely your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Reading from the first letter of Peter. It is a credit to you if, being aware of God, you endure pain while suffering unjustly. If you endure when you are beaten for doing wrong, what credit is that? But if you endure when you do right and suffer for it, you have God's approval. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was abused, he did not return abuse. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that, free from sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were going astray like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. The word of the Lord. And we respond together with Canticle 9. Surely it is God who saves me. I will trust in him and not be afraid. For the Lord is my stronghold and my sure defense, and he will be my savior Therefore you shall draw water with rejoicing from the springs of salvation. And on that day you shall say, Give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name. Make his deeds known among the peoples. See that they remember that his name is exalted. Sing the praises of the Lord, for he has done great things, and this is known in all the world. Cry aloud, inhabitants of Zion, ring out your joy. For the great one in the midst of you is the Holy One of Israel. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the Gospel of John. Jesus said, Very truly, I tell you, Anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger. But they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. 
Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have a life and have it abundantly. The word of the Lord. Hi, I'm Libby Lepret. My parents are B and A J Lepret. I've been a member of Trinity all my life, and this year I'm the head acolyte. I'm also a senior at Concord Carlisle High School. Back in September, when I was asked to preach, it made perfect sense. Reverend Becky and H. Mark Smith, the diocesan youth minister, had arranged for the diocesan youth council to come to our church for our overnight senior send-off, because Brooke Venkatachalam and I have been on DYC for three years, having joined our sophomore year of high school. What was supposed to be a night of celebration soon turned to nothing, when the bishop made the level-headed choice of canceling in-person worship through the month of May thus canceling our long-awaited event. Despite the setback, I decided I would still like to make the sermon today in hopes that it would help me understand the new world. And you know what? I have. I have, but I haven't exactly accepted it and made peace with it. I'm still mad. When I was reading the scriptures Reverend Nancy gave me for today, the epistle, you know, that bit about enduring pain and suffering unjustly, yeah, that part. That part spoke to me the most, not just as a teenager, but as a senior. I sit before you today as a senior, talking to my other seniors in hope that you will hear me and hear what I have to say. As seniors, we've waited 13 years to get to the best five months of our teen years. We waited patiently through kindergarten and elementary school, middle school, freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, and finally our senior year. Through the agonizing college applications, we knew that on the other side of that was second semester, our glory days. And for some of us, we only planned one senior year, not having college as a part of our plan. Some of us have it as a stepping stone before we go to college. Either way, it's very discouraging to have come so far, only to have had the major setback of not accomplishing this goal on time. For college seniors, it's harder to be graduating into such a mess of a world. Quarantine comes at a price for seniors, a very particular price. Save our friends, our family, our world, and ourselves, but at the cost of prom, graduation, senior week, internships, the final season of sports, theater, and dance productions. Everything we'd been working so hard on for years had only months left to do that we had only months left to do were cut short before coming to their natural end. I was talking to my friend two weeks after quarantine, and he chuckled and said, remember when we were counting down the normal days you had left in school because of your internship? That came a lot sooner than we calculated, and I strained a smile and nodded in frustration, sadness, and anger. It sure did. <laughs> we continued on in our conversation, exchanging words of hope and encouragement, and tried to find the bright side. We're all trying to find some sort of bright side, aren't we? We're doing projects we've always wanted to do, hanging out with our families more, and for some of us, more than we really want to, and discovering a creative side we never knew we had. 
I've seen people mowing their roofs, cutting their lawns with scissors just to draw out the process, and redesign their entire lawn and house aesthetic. Though I'm not sure if these are fun boredom busters or total mental breakdowns, like the girls dyeing their hair and giving themselves bangs. I am not doing that, just so you know. Most of us, I think, are still in the denial stage of our quarantine. We fall in and out of asking the question, is this real? Is this a dream? This is a dream, right? This seriously can't be happening right now. And then we realize that this is not a drill. We transition into the doubt stage. We senior slide harder than ever because what's the point now? We're not getting our graduation as planned. We're not going back to school one last time before we go to college, which is also up in the air for many of us right now. We lose sight of the future we've been waiting for since September when that first bell rang. Now the bells that ring are our phones pinging with text, FaceTime calls, and notifications about the worsening fate of our once perfect world. We've denied We've been denied our ability to see each other in person and doubt the day will come when we can again. When Jesus was crucified, his apostles were also in doubt and denial, and they were sad too. They believed their world, consisting of the ultimate best friend and teacher, to be over too. They were sad until they realized that their world was indeed not over. Mary Magdalene's discovery of Jesus' continuing existence was everything they needed to realize that their world was not indeed over, but changing. After the initial shock of Jesus' disappearance, we have Cleopas and company walking to Emmaus. I hope I pronounced that right. When Jesus joins them and listens to the story of the Messiah, they complained about how he had to suffer for what he was doing. In response to their confusion, Jesus says, Didn't you know that the Messiah would have to suffer before he was given his glory? It was later at dinner when they realized who this traveler was when he broke bread. While Jesus disappeared soon upon their realization, they knew this to be true and ran off to find the others to speak of their discovery. If there's one thing that these stories have in common, it's the message. Death does not have the final word. The apostles' lives were put on pause as they figured out what to do after Jesus' crucifixion. They needed to regroup and reorganize themselves. Everything they had come to know was taken out from under them. They were blindsided by Jesus' betrayal. They were shocked by how quickly it escalated. And then it was over. Jesus was dead. All they could do was hope. And then, when they were least expecting it, when they were on their last shred of hope, they saw him. Not everyone, but just enough people saw him to know that everything wasn't all doomed. They realized that their life may not be the same, but there was going to be a new normal. So, in the spirit of Easter, while it looks like senior year is over, it may not be. While the world is stuck inside their homes with their families, stuck inside with boredom, stuck inside with creativity, and waiting for the world to return to normal, the normal we we will return to will be new. While we may not be able to shake hands with strangers as often as we used to, we can still rekindle and continue the connections we had and still have with each other. We can still gather in limited numbers to enjoy the blessings in life, like the smaller family gatherings and birthdays, as well as the sorrows, like the lost jobs, the deaths, and the thanksgivings, like the weddings, the births, and the baptisms. So while everything seems to be crumbling around us, 
while we sulk about prom and sulk about graduation and we sulk and sulk and sulk about sports and you know other productions while we sulk and the sudden pause of our senior year just know that this isn't the end while it's not pretty or what we imagined it to be let's make it what we want it to be senior year technically isn't over until the caps are in the air so get outside and socialize with your friends in the trunks of your cars make your own driving and watch a movie with your friends and gorge on candy let's not sulk like the kindergartners we were 15 years ago let's make the best of what we can because this is senior year and like the messiah said we got to suffer before we get exactly what we want and because as our presiding bishop likes to remind us we christians are easter people amen let us affirm our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray in the words our Savior Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. 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 Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. The Collect for the Fourth Sunday of Easter. O God, whose Son, Jesus, is the Good Shepherd of your people, grant that when we hear his voice, we may know him who calls us each by name and follow where he leads, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns one God forever and ever. Amen. A Collect for Sundays. O God, you make us glad with the weekly remembrance of the glorious resurrection of your Son, our Lord. 
Give us this day such blessing through our worship of you that the week to come may be spent in your favor. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please join me in a prayer for this season of illness and isolation, praying together in hope to God for healing and comfort. God of the present moment, God who in Jesus stills the storm and soothes the frantic heart, bring hope and courage to all who wait or work in uncertainty. Bring hope that you will make them the equal of whatever lies ahead. Bring them courage to endure what cannot be avoided, for your will is health and wholeness. You are God and we need you. Amen. We pray for those on our parish prayer list, Edith, Susie and Ellie, Edie, Barbara, Aurelie, Matthew, Colby, Jean, Jane, Sandra, Daniela, Michael, Mart, Scott, Bert, Matt, Charlie, Nigel, Christine, Ryan and Kim, Greg, Linda and John, Shannon, Lydia, Bill, Paul, Jay, Philip, John, Ruth Alice, Ellen, Will, Peter, Gresh, Nancy, Marjorie, Larry, Vic, Robert, Audrey, Doug, Susan, Mary Sue and Charles, Isabel, Christina, Sergio, Tom, Joan, Anne, Caroline, Margot, Gina, James, Betty Ann, Barbara, Carol, Justin, and all those you name now. We pray for those who have died, especially Rick Wheeler, Brian Sanford, and Marjorie Ryan. Are there others? May they rest in peace in God's loving embrace. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified, Receive our supplications and prayers which we offer before you for all members of your holy church, that in their vocation and ministry they may truly and devoutly serve you. Through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus, almighty Lord, our strength in sadness, the Father's conquering word, true source of gladness. Your name we glorify, O Jesus, throned on high. You gave yourself to die for our salvation. Good shepherd of your sheep, defending in love your children keep to life unending you are yourself away lead us then day by day in your steps we pray O Lord most holy Glorious their life who sing with glad thanksgiving. True hymns to Christ the King in all their living.
then with hearts aflame, the God of peace acclaim as Lord and Savior. Hello, my friends. The fourth Sunday of Easter, we give thanks for the ministry of so many of our young people. Special thanks to Libby Lepret for bringing us the good word. As many of you may recall, this weekend would have been our build-a-bed day on Saturday, and Saturday night would have been the day that the Diocesan Youth Council had a sleepover in the parish hall, and they would be with us this morning. So Libby very graciously agreed to bring us the homily, not probably the homily she would have brought if we were living in that day that we had anticipated but a wonderful, wonderful message from her. So thank you so much, Libby. Um, a few announcements. We are going to try offering a Compline service. Um, the first one will be tomorrow, Monday, at 7.30 p.m. It will be spoken Compline for the first time, and we will send out the link so that you can join in. It'll, it, the format will be similar to Noonday Prayer which is we will have, um, we'll be on Zoom together in real time uh, with two people leading the two uh, prayers and responses, and you can join in with yourself on mute um, on, either, on either response. So look forward to more information about that, and I hope to see you at Compline tomorrow. Immediately after this service, we will also have our virtual coffee hour, Hopefully many of you have pre-registered for that. The link is in the window that was sent out yesterday. And uh, you can go back to that right after the service and get yourself in. And then we'll be able to see one another in real time. So please do join in the Coffee Hour Fellowship as well. And now please join me in the words of the General Thanksgiving, where we give thanks to God for the blessings that we have. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to him from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus, our shepherd, forever. Amen. Go in peace, my friends, to love and serve the Lord. Pass the peace. Send in your pledge. Continue to pray. Amen.